Again, if you're just joining us, my name is Jack Gonzalez. I'm the lead pastor here, and we want to welcome you to Mosaic. I'm so glad that you're here today, and we really want to say just welcome to family, and we hope that that's how you feel when you walk in here. Uh, you know, it's the mass, the distance, all that kind of thing, but I hope it feels like family, and that's our hope and our goal. And even if you're watching online, welcome to family. Um, today we kick off a new message series titled Waymaker, and I'm really excited about this. You see, the heart of this series is that we would come to this place where we would understand and experience God for who he is and how he wants to relate to us. Uh, you, you'll see, there's kind of our, our image there, and we'll be talking about that. Um, but we, we, this is our central passage in Mark chapter 10 and in verse 27. It says this, Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible. There's just no way. With humanity, it's just not possible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. See, humanly speaking, you may have tried everything. You may have tapped into all of your resources. You may have connected with everybody, put in the hard work, told yourself you're not going to give up, and yet you still feel empty and void like something is missing. But with God, everything is possible. That area, that thing you've been hoping and wanting to see, that family member that you've been wanting to see them come to Christ, everything is possible. Looking at my situation, it's been tough, it's been difficult, been through this, been through that. But with God, in God, walking in Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, specifically in this passage, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's explaining how a person can be saved. But then he gives this general statement, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. See, he wants them to understand that you might have tried, but there is only one way maker. There's only one. Listen, let's take a moment to pray over the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you, God, that we can gather and we can be in church. And I pray, God, that through this series, we would continue to understand you deeper for who you are and what you're wanting to do in each and every one of us. God, there's some areas, God, that we've maybe just put to the side because we've wondered if it's ever going to happen or ever going to work out in our life. God, but we believe that you'll do it. And so, God, show us in your scripture. We thank you. Bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Listen, um, have you ever been out to eat with a group of friends and you promised that you were going to pay the bill? Come on, somebody. And then you got that bill and it was a whole lot more than you thought it was going to be. What? what? I, wait, yeah? And, and you promised? That ever happened to you before? Listen, when I was a young adult, I, I used to love to go out, eat with my friends, and, you know, we'd go out, we'd hang out, go to a restaurant, and I remember on this one particular occasion, uh, you know, everyone just agreed to pay their own, you know, way. Everyone was going to pay their own part, and, and everyone really had cash, and so that was, you know, it was cool. There was none of these cash apps, none of that during this time. This was some time ago, and, and uh, at least 15 years ago. And so, you know, everyone was giving cash and putting in their part, and I was like, you know, I was going to pay with cards, so I was going to pay the rest and just pay my portion, and so I go up to go pay, and I'm looking at the counting the cash, they're going through everything, and then my part is a whole lot more, and I'm like, like, hold up, everyone had given their cash, walked out the door, and I was like, somebody's got to come back in here, it's me, the bill, and this, and, 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 and I'm short some cash, what's going on here, and I remember a young adult broke me that was trying to figure things out, and I was, I, I was like, listen, 
I, I, I'm not going to pay someone's bill. To, I mean, they're the one that went on the menu and said, ooh, that looks so good. I'm going to order that. And then they ate it, enjoyed it. And then they didn't pay the bill. Listen, if I agreed to pay something, hey, I agreed to pay it. If I give my word, that's one thing. But if I didn't say that, hey, what's going on? Now, if you think about that in life, who does that, right? Who does that in life? No, no matter what the issue or what the cost is. But do you know who does have that attribute? That's willing to pay something that they didn't owe? See, God has always been willing to pay the bill. He's been always willing to pay what wasn't his. And I'll tell you what I mean. I mean this. I mean Jesus got what he did not deserve to pay a bill that wasn't his. I'm going to say that one more time. And if you're awake in here, let me know. Okay. I mean Jesus got what he did not deserve to pay a bill that wasn't his. You see, in John chapter 3 and verse 16, it, 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 it says this. It says this. For this is how God loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. You see, many of you, you feel like you might know this, but this is specifically God's plan. See, this is what God is wanting to do. This, we see God's hope. We see his heart. And you know what his plan is? His plan could be summed up in one word, redemption. Redemption. His plan is redemption. You see, when sin had grappled us and, and when it had crippled us with no way out, he set a plan for redemption. And today I want to illustrate this just a tad bit further. You see, Jesus tells a story and he begins to explain this plan of redemption. He begins to explain to everyone, but not everyone understood at the time, especially the religious leaders, because it seems like every time a crowd gathered, Jesus was speaking, they were always looking to try and trap him. To try to, to try to corner him, to try to mess him up in his words. They always try to do that. But in Luke chapter 15, the Bible records this awesome moment with Jesus. And it says this here in verses 1 through 7. And in verse 1 it says this, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. Verse 2, this made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. Verse 4, if a man has a hundred sheep, how many sheep? A hundred, right? And one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he'll joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he'll call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. You see, Jesus is trying to explain that when something is lost and then it is found, it's a big deal. See, there's something to celebrate. And furthermore, Jesus is he's, he's trying to help everyone understand that the one matters. The one matters. The one matters. That one matters. So we could try and play the odds. Say, hey, listen, I got 99. 99 out of 100 isn't bad. But he says the one matters. People matter. You and I, we matter. 
And the only way for us to be found is for us to be redeemed in him. Now listen, I could stop the message right here and we could do an altar call. I'm still trying to figure out what altar calls are going to look like, so... But we, 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 could, we could stop right there. But I want to take this a little bit further. See, Jesus is willing to leave the 99 to go after the one. We're in a series titled Waymaker. What does this say about him as a waymaker? It says a couple of things. First, it says that he's not okay seeing us lost. He's not okay with that. He's not okay seeing us out there. More than anything, I want you to understand here the heart of God. I want you to understand how he feels. I want you to understand what burdens him. I want you to understand what he thinks about. I want you to understand what weighs heavy on his heart. You see, it makes him feel some kind of way when we're far from him. When we're doing what we're doing, even though we know it's wrong. When we're in our feelings. When we're turned off by everything of God. Listen, I don't, don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about God. I don't want to hear that I'm not supposed to be doing that. Or I, I, I should be back doing this. Or I should be in church. Or, or you know, that you, you fell back into that temptation. You're back in that thing. You're back in that relationship that's, that's messing you all up. Or, or you're back into that thing and, and it's just holding you down and you're just, you're just there. Or you just refuse to hear about him. You see, God's heart towards us is different than anyone else in the world. His heart for us is different than anyone else. You see, Jesus tells the crowds in verse 4. He says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? Let me ask you, if you have a hundred sheep, one gets lost, what would you do? If you have a hundred Realistically, we're talking about this morning. If you have a hundred, one gets lost, what would you do? Would you just take those odds? I mean, would you say to yourself, we're, we're bound to lose one? You know, that one over there, he's not even getting with the program anyways. You know, he's always trying to just do his own thing. I talk to him. I try to pray for him. I try to help him. I, I, I try to do all this. But he, he just ain't getting it. I mean, he's not getting with the program. He doesn't understand how good God is. He doesn't understand there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. He, he, he's just not getting it. He's always wandering off. I still got 99. That's not how God feels about humanity. See, his heart is for us to turn it around and to choose him. Because he's already chosen us. He's already chosen each and every one of us, he simply wants us to choose him, to choose him. You see, in the life of Jesus, we see on one occasion in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36, he says this, when he saw the crowds, and again, Jesus is teaching, the Pharisees are always doing the same thing, and he sees them, and then, and then it says this, he had compassion on them. He saw the crowds. Three, three things, right? He, 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 he saw that they were confused. He saw that they were helpless. And he saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd. Confused, helpless, and sheep without a shepherd. So he has compassion on them. Confused about who they are. Confused about their identity. Confused about who God is and how they should relate to him. Just confused. Feeling helpless. Like they're stuck and what they're stuck and they don't know how to get out of it. There's no one there to lend him a hand. Like sheep without a shepherd. 
no one there to lead them, to guide them, to help them, to teach them, to help them develop and grow and mature and, and find God. You see, the Bible says that Jesus had compassion on them. I want to say this. You matter. Humanity matters to God. That person who's not walking with God right now matters. Matters to God. See, our God is a way maker. And he's not okay when we're lost. He's not okay when we're out there in the thicket and we've wandered off because of this idea, because of what society, culture, and we're, and we're out there. He is not okay. His heart feels some kind of way when we're out there. And he uses us, the church, as his arms and feet to reach the one to one. He's a way maker. And the second thing about him that we need to know is that, you know, he'll do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Listen, have you ever met a person that will just do whatever it takes to get the job done? It, I mean, just a make it happen type of person. I mean, whatever the situation is, they're all in. I mean, maybe it's you. Maybe you've been in a situation like that before, and something happened, whatever the reason is. could be your family. could be your own health. could be something you're trying to just get through, something you're trying to overcome. Maybe it could be a child, a kid, grandparent, family, parent, anything. It could be, could be any of those things. And you're like, I'm not giving up until we get through this. We're going to see us through. We're going to get past this situation. We're going to overcome this. We are going to move on from this. I remember when I was 19 and 20 years old, around that time, I was playing um, indoor soccer, and I had an accident where my, my knee got bent forward this way, and it was, it, was, it, was, it was kind of a tough moment, and I remember, um, you know, uh, getting in the car, my cousin driving me to the hospital. I, I, I remember having to wear a brace from my ankle up here to my thigh. I remember having to wear these crutches. I remember having to go through physical therapy. I, I, I remember wondering if I would ever get better. Because you know what, when you're in it, it feels like it's never going to end. Come on, somebody. And I, and, and I remember, is this ever, am I ever going to get past this? Am I ever going to be, for me in that moment, in that age, if I was ever going to run again? Was, was I ever going to feel like, uh, like uh, you know, I, I, could, I could fly through the wind? You guys know that song, I believe I could fly. Come on. But I remember coming to a place of decision in my pain, in my anguish, in my hopes of this will ever get past this. And I remember making a decision saying, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to regain that strength in my knee, to regain that mobility, to get rid of these crutches, to get rid of this brace, to get rid of this limp. I'm going to do whatever it takes. You see, the thing about God is that he'll do whatever it takes. He'll do whatever it takes. So often we'll give up on something. Come on, somebody. We'll give up on someone. Come on, somebody. But he'll do whatever it takes. I want you to look at what Jesus says. Because, see, there's nothing impossible for him. I want you to look what Jesus says in verse 5. He says this. And when he has found it, someone say found it. And you online type in found it. I'm going to check later to make sure you did that. And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. Can I get my sheep? Where's my sheep? There it is right there. Hey, guys, I want to introduce you to sheep. See, this sheep is uh, 
this is the one that that straight away. The Bible says that he was willing to leave the 99 to go after the one. Listen, I need you guys to hold it down. I need you guys to hold it together. You guys are going to be okay. That one is lost. I got to go get him. The Bible says that when he found him, could you imagine wrestling and whatever garb, whatever stuff he was into in life, caught up in this and that, having to untangle him, get him back, regain his focus. It says that he put him on his shoulders. Now, could you imagine the journey? See, this is a little, little stuffed animal. Imagine holding a real, a real sheep on your shoulder, and you got to go back into whatever you just got out of. you got to get back home. you got to bring him back to the, to, to the group, to the 100. And the Bible says he carried him on his shoulder. What if I told you this morning, what if I told you that it wasn't just one sheep? What if I told you it wasn't just one sheep? Well, Pastor, I've read the passage before. It says one sheep. We just read it now, Pastor. It says one sheep. What if I told you it was not just one sheep? What if I told you that we are all this one sheep? Come on, somebody. We are all this one sheep. And at one point or another, he had to leave the 99 to come and get you. To come and make a way for you so that he can bring you back. Hey, hang out there. Yeah, he's got to rest. He's in his hammock. See, God's plan for redemption made a way not just for one person, but for all of us. And he's not done. His heart is for those right now. Maybe you're in this room. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe there's somewhere far out there. But his heart is for that one. To set a plan in motion. To do whatever it takes to get them home you see the bible says this in first peter in chapter 1 and verses 18 through 19 it says this for you know that god paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors and it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value it was the precious blood of christ the sinless spotless lamb of god See, this is God all in. This is God all in. This is God doing whatever it takes, sending his son Jesus to be the ransom to save us. Listen, you ever watch the movie where there's the guy and he's uh, holding a bunch of hostages and he's trying to hold them ransom, right? You, you, you've seen it before. And he's holding them all in a building and he's he got his demands and he says he wants this much money and, and, and he's the bad guy. And the, the good guys on the other side, they're, they're thinking, man, he wants that much. Uh, you know what? Should we pay the ransom? Just trying to wait. Is it worth it? They're over there. Is it worth it? I don't know. It puts, it's going to put us in this situation if we pay the ransom and they're trying to weigh it out. Man, it's only a few people. Should we just let him take those people? Oh, man, no, we got to find a way to save those people. And they're, they're trying to weigh the cost. See, one day Jesus had to weigh the cost. 
He had to look at humanity. He had to look at what we've been through. And he looked at the old system and says, it's just not going to work. Man, it's going to cost my son. It's going to cost my son. My son, my son. My son, it's going to cost my son. The law demanded payment. There had to be payment. But again, he looked at the old way. It, it just wasn't going to work. And so he was left with, do I pay this ransom with my son? That's my son. And I can imagine his feelings, and I can imagine his emotions. And he weighs the cost, and he turns to you, and he says, I love you. I love you. You're worth it. You're worth it. You always have been. I know there's been a season of your life where you felt like you're not worth it. You've done what you've done, and it's been what it's been, and it's, you ain't proud of it. <laughs> but he says you're worth it. He says he loves you. He says he's willing to pay the ransom. He, he's, he's willing to create the bridge from you to cross from there to here with him. He's willing to make the way. He can't make you walk it. He doesn't want to. He's already chosen you. He just wants you to choose him. So he makes a way by paying the ransom. The Bible says not with mere gold or silver that lose their value, but with the precious blood of the spotless lamb who is Jesus Christ. That no matter what you've done, that is no longer going to be an issue why you can't come across. It's just not. Because he's the way maker. He'd make a way just for you. I want you to see what happens when he when he when he, he goes and he gets the lamb. It says in verse 6 that when he arrives, he'll call together his friends and his neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. He gathers his friends, gathers his neighbor. I got the one. He's home. I know the world counted him out. I know the world counted you out. I know they've had all kinds of ideas about you. same way with humanity same way with those that that are that are just right now maybe you're in a, another kind of religion maybe you're doing something maybe different culture maybe maybe you're far from god maybe you don't want to hear him maybe you're in your your feelings right now and you're doing what you're doing even though you know it's not right this is the opportunity right now it says it a little bit further in verse 7 it says it in this way in the same way there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to god than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away so my question for you this day is who will love you like this who will love you like this who in all the world who pays the bill who never promised to. Who pays the bill? Who will love you like this?
I'm not saying they're not people who don't love you. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's someone who loves you more. See, my life has so been so blessed because I said yes. And it's not about money or keeping up with the culture, but it's about a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's about being made right with God. It's about Him paying my ransom and saving me from an empty life of chasing whatever the world says that I should and never really feeling satisfied. Again, He is a way maker. A way maker that redeems us. So maybe that's you today. You're saying, I got to get right with God. I got to turn it around. It's been what it's been, but I got to turn it around. Maybe I fall into that, or maybe, listen, my, my life is just. I know that he loves me even when I haven't felt very much value within myself. Is there anyone today? Is that you? Don't even worry about if someone's looking. That, that doesn't matter today. Just put your hand up. Be bold and brave. loves us and when he weighed the cost for the ransom he said you're worth it may the Lord bless you for all of us today this is the challenge with what you know how will you praise him how will you praise the one that's made a way just for you let's take a moment to pray heavenly father we thank you for this day and this time. God, your word is alive. Your Holy Spirit is here. You speak to us, God. You love us, Lord. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. God, there are those right now online and in person, Lord, that are saying, I just want to be right with God. It's been what it's been, but I want to lay all that down. Not my way, God, but your way. And I'm going to let you be the way maker in my life. I want to follow after you. I want to love you. I want to grow in you. I want to serve you. I, I want more of you in my life. I'm willing to put all of that down for you. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ, your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness, wipe away sin and let it never be accounted of them anymore. I pray, Jesus, your blessing pray, God, that you fill them with the Holy Spirit. And I pray, God, that you begin to help them walk out. It is one of the most beautiful things in this world to be a part of a local body because you created the church. You are the head of the church, Jesus. Not me, you. Father, I just pray your blessing. Would you strengthen us? And with our response, every single one of us, whether we've been walking with you for a long time or we've rededicated or made a decision to you for the first time or whatever time it's been, Lord, I pray, God, that our response in this moment would be praise because we all remember that faithful day, that faithful moment where you made a way just for us. So, Father, we praise you today. We bless you. And, God, as we get ready to partake in communion, Lord, would you be glorified. Bless this day in Jesus' name.